So this uh, particular gospel has some sayings that are familiar, and I think we're used to them as sayings, but how do we experience them is another question. So what I want to say is that um, we, we, we all know what the Lord means when he says, come to me, you who labor are burdened, I'll give you rest. We know what it means to be labored and burdened. I mean, it's, it's, we don't maybe suffer in some of the ways previous generations did with, you know, we have air conditioning, we have lots of creature comforts, you know. But still, life has its burdens and its struggles. Sometimes there's bouts of anxiety, fear, other times illness or financial concerns, and life can get weary. And so the Lord invites us today, though, to hear a word from him about the nature of some of these burdens and what he himself wants to do for us. Now, there is this, this, this first invitation. He says, come to me, you who labor and are burdened, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke and learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart and you'll find rest for yourselves. Now there's a number of things nested together there, so let's sort of unpack it. Let's begin in the center. In the center it says here, I am meek and humble of heart. This word meek, the Greek word protes, it's normally translated, it's a virtue, meekness is a virtue that governs anger. But in this context, I think a lot of scripture scholars and many of the fathers of the church too see this Greek word not so much as the virtue of meekness by which we govern anger, but it's it's somewhat analogous to when the Lord says, blessed are the poor in spirit. So here, what does it mean to be meek? And he adds humble of heart. Well, to be meek and humble of heart is to live simply and to... Uh, have a very close relationship to the Father, to trust the Father. And Jesus lived in many ways a very simple lifestyle. He was in the workaday world for much of his early life, but as he went about teaching and preaching, he didn't require big mansions or big hotels to stay in. He lived very simply, went from day to day, trusting his Father. And... um, it's an invitation for us to be poor in spirit. Now, not all, not all of us, don't, don't just immediately think about your wallet. It's about your heart. Those who are meek, those who are humble of heart, are those who have learned to trust God and who know that money isn't the answer. Oh, if I just had more money, everything would be fine. How's that working for anybody? Anyone? <laughs> all right. But know that our truest, our truest um, you know, peace comes from just knowing and experiencing God as our Father and knowing that he takes care of me. Not always giving me everything I want, but certainly taking care of what I need. And it's a journey to get there. You can't just sort of snap your fingers and start doing it. But we have to learn in our life to be able to Look back, if you will, and see how God has taken care of an awful lot of things for us. Not everything in life went our way. Not everything has been rosy. He never said anything about a rose garden. He said simply, if 
follow me. And as I look back over my life, the old song says, and I think things over, I can truly say that I've been blessed. I've got a testimony. <laughs> and I have been blessed. The Lord's been awfully good to me. And there aren't, like, I like you, I've, I've had tragedies in my life. I've had struggles. It's not like everything is just lovely all the time. But I learned that looking back, even in those moments, God was up to something good. God was adding some blessings or closing one door only to open another and, and so on. And I think most of us can look back over our life. We don't have it all figured out. But we can see why maybe God didn't give us what we wanted at a certain time. And aren't we glad he didn't now? <laughs> that person you thought you were going to marry? <laughs> well, maybe not. <laughs> and now, years later, you look back and say, Whew, I dodged that bullet. <laughs> all right. But you see, all of these are ways of saying that the Lord invites us to look into the laboratory of our life and to see how God really has worked an awful lot of things out for us. He's taken care of us in many ways, sometimes very strange ways, but he's taken care. Now then, that's ultimately the beginnings of what it means to be meek and humble of heart. The Lord also gives us an image of being childlike. He says, Father, I thank you. What you keep hidden from the learned and the clever and the wise in this world, you reveal to the merest of children. Now, what does it mean to be childlike? Notice I did not say childish. <laughs> All right. But childlike. What are kids like? Especially in their early innocence. And sadly today, we, we steal that innocence from them awfully early in our culture. But I can simply say that the Little children, first of all, they're very trusting. They're filled with wonder and awe. They're always saying, why, Mommy? Why, Daddy? Why? They're, they're, they're excited. They're thrilled. They're wondering about the world around them. And they know that they, they don't have all the answers. That's why they keep asking questions. And somewhere along the line, we start to get too cool for school. And we stop asking questions. And we think we know it all, you know. But children... Have that wonder and awe. And they ask why? What's the meaning? How does something work? And they, they know when they're injured or hurt to run to mom or dad. It's almost an instinct. Just quickly run. Mom, dad, I hurt myself. And so this is how we're invited to be with God the Heavenly Father. We're called to become mature in Christ, but before God, we're always just as little children. I've told you many times before, God doesn't call me Monsignor. I can certainly assure you of that. And God doesn't even call me Charles. He calls me Carlito. <laughs> Little Charlie, huh? All right. And we ought to be that way before God the Father. Like little children, filled with wonder and awe at who he is. And running to him always when we were hurt or troubled or struggling. Learning to trust him. And this is that invitation to become meek and humble of heart, to become childlike. And then to have that relationship and let that kind of a relationship grow with the Heavenly Father. And it brings into our life a lot of serenity. 
Because you see, we live in a world that kind of has all these expectations. You're always supposed to be happy. Everything's always supposed to be peachy. Uh, and, and if is there any suffering at all or any troubles come up at all, well, someone needs to be sued. We're absolutely indignant about any type of suffering. And um, we, we just get angry and despondent about it. In a way, suffering has no meaning to the modern world. So Jesus is now going to talk to us about being burdened, being heavily, heavy labored and, and burdened. But before we go there, just remember, we want to not lose this picture of a father who's taking care of us. Now, most of you who have raised children, and all of us have been children, know that when parents raised us, it, couldn't, it wasn't just all pleasantry. <laughs> I was a perfect child, but most of you weren't. So, I mean, you know, my parents never had to raise their voice or punish me or correct me. But, um, but for some of you, um, no, we, we all know that part of their parenting is to lead us, to sometimes punish us, to certainly instruct us, and even at times lead us into danger. The first day of school, scary, <laughs> scary, right? Or going to the dentist, uh-oh, <laughs> or the doctor, you know. Sometimes they, they lead us in what seems to be scary things. But they, we look back and we say, well, they had to do that. And it was good that they did that. I can't be scared to live in the world. And so it is that sometimes God, too, as a good father, has to allow us to experience some challenges and some difficulties. So Jesus says here, Come to me, you who labor and are burdened. I'll give you rest. But then he says, take my yoke upon your shoulders and learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart. My yoke, he says, is easy and my burden is light. Now I want to rescue that word easy in a minute, but notice there's still a yoke and there's still a burden. We are not living in paradise. And one of the first things that the Lord can teach us about the nature of suffering that can give us serenity is that we learn to accept that it's part of where we are right now. God did offer us paradise. If you read your Bible, have all of you read your Bible? <laughs> God offered paradise, but Adam and Eve said they wanted a better deal. God said, well, that's the way of suffering and death. <clears throat> they still wanted it. So we are not living in paradise. We are living in paradise lost, and that's where we are. And in this world, we are going to encounter hard truths. You know, the, the traditional five hard truths that will set you free. Number one, life is hard. Number two, your life isn't just about you and what you want. Our lives are connected to other lives and so on. Number three, you are not that important. <laughs> Somebody say, ouch. <laughs> you're not that important. Number four, you're not in control. And number five, you're going to die. Now, those are hard truths, but there's something consoling about them if we learn to accept them. Because we stop having these expectations where, you know, the world constantly through advertisement says, you shouldn't have any suffering. There's nothing, everything ought to be cool. You just drink this beer or drive this kind of a car or go to this kind of a, uh, you know, a, a resort, all will be well. 
And it's not true. And we, we learn, too, well, if I just get more money, I'll be all set. And it's not. Some of the most unhappy people are the wealthiest. So the Lord asks us, moderate your expectations. You are not living in paradise. There's a yoke, and there is a burden. And you chose it through Adam and Eve. And don't tell me you didn't ratify their decision. We've all done that. Come on, y'all. Right? Oh, I wasn't even alive yet, you know. Well, okay. We can cop that attitude, but we know. We've ratified that over and over again. So we start to see that there is a yoke and there is a burden, and learning to accept that is freeing. We're less resentful, less crestfallen when hardships come to us. We understand that they're part of life. We are living in a fallen world governed by a fallen angel, and we have fallen natures. So there are going to be some difficulties. We are in a time of testing and pain, and yes, also joys and beautiful things, so that God can prepare our soul to see him once again, not in some earthly paradise now, but a heavenly paradise. Somebody say major promotion. See, if we're faithful, God's got an even better, better deal for us, all right? And Jesus didn't say, oh, you poor people suffering down there, I'll get to you later. He came down and suffered with us. He says, you've chosen the way of suffering and death. All right, I'll meet you there at the crossroads of suffering and death. I'll meet you there. And I won't exempt myself. I will take up your suffering and your death, join you in this, and show you the way back through that decision. You chose suffering and death. I will allow that now to become a way back to me. Now, we come again to Jesus' words here. He says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So he knows that we're burdened. He knows that we're weighed down of heart. And he says, come to me. And let's talk about your life. Let's talk about the meaning of suffering. But there is still a yoke, and there is a burden in following me. Jesus never said, take up your pillow and follow me. He said, take up your cross. Now, not only that, but he, he speaks to us that our sufferings can become for us a road to glory. Second Corinthians chapter 4, for these momentary afflictions are producing for us a weight of glory beyond all comparison. See? So he's teaching us through St. Paul, you know, the devil wants you to be discouraged, be weighed down, but you just tell that devil I'm encouraged because it's producing glory way out of way out of proportion to the suffering I go through. A little suffering produces a lot of glory. Stay with me, says the Lord, in this and see how I will increase your glory in heaven if you go through difficulties here with faith. Romans 8 says, all things work together for good for those who love and trust the Lord. All things, not just the things we like, but even the difficult, the painful things, produce glory, work for our good, work for our benefit. God can make a way out of no way. God can write straight with our crooked lines 
God can do so many things that we're unaware of now. But the Lord is saying, come to me now. Let's, let's first of all relieve some of your burdens by explaining them. If you're heavily burdened and you're laboring, let's talk about, though, the glory that is producing. You see, again, our world, there is no meaning to suffering at all in our world. But for the Christian, it's full of meaning. It has its purposes for us. Through our sufferings, we gain wisdom. We gain strength. We find strength that we never knew we had. We're humbled and we remember that this world isn't all that. So the Lord permits some of this for us, but only that he can draw some greater good from it. And understanding the role and the purpose of suffering and what God can do with it helps us in those moments. But we also come to this phrase again, my yoke is easy. I, I don't like that translation, never have. It's the traditional one. But it really isn't, it makes it sound like it's a cinch man. It's no, no problem, no sweat if you follow me. It's not what this word says. What this word is in Greek is krestos, and it means something that's well-fitting, suited, suitable, or appropriate. So the image here is my yoke is easy. Well, a yoke is like a, it for, well, think of a person who's going to carry two pails of water back from a well. If you try to carry with your hands, your hands get sore real quick. So what they did in the ancient world was they would have a kind of a board across their shoulder that would then have the the, the, the buckets hanging from it. And this lightened the load, spread the weight across the shoulders. And a carpenter would work very carefully to cut it so it fit your, the contours of your shoulders. And that's why I think this is an advertising slogan that Jesus once had when he was a carpenter. Easy yokes sold here. <laughs> In other words, well-fitting yokes sold here. Now, we all know what, some, what it is when something is well-fitting. You know, don't you hate new shoes? They look nice, but they sure don't feel nice. I like the old shoes with the hole in the sole, or, but it's, they feel good. They fit so nice. Hmm? And so it is. That's the idea that the, the yoke that I have for you, says the Lord, is suited to you. It makes sense for you. It will help you to grow. It will help you to become strong. The yoke, the burdens that, are, that, I've, that I've, I've, I permit in your life, they're, they're, they're my way of being up to something good and a kind of, it's like a gift in a strange package. Where would you be today without some of your crosses? Where would I be? See, they've helped to form us and make us strong. And so it is that Jesus says, I do have a yoke, but the yoke I have for you isn't easy. It's well-fitting, it's suited, it, it makes sense for you. This will help you particularly to grow into the graces I, I have waiting for you. So that's what he means when he says, my yoke is easy. My yoke is krestos. It's well suited for you. It's fitting. It's appropriate. My burden, he says, is light. Now, so there is a yoke and there is a burden. But it's something that the Lord permits that's suitable for us to help us. It's not always, you know, if, if everything's just always easy, well, we can become very selfish or very unprepared for life. That's why maybe if all of us, again, have been children, 
Now, not all of us parents, but all of us have certainly been children. And, you know, there were just times where I was struggling to get through a math problem or something. And my dad or mom probably could have come and solved it, but they didn't. Said, we need to let him figure that out for himself. You know? Always rushing to help isn't God's way. It isn't a parent's way either. I don't know if you've noticed God is not in a big hurry, is he? Have you ever noticed that? He is not in a big hurry. And he leaves a lot of big problems, it would seem to us, unresolved. And he has his reasons. I don't know all of the reasons, but I just know that sometimes we have to live the questions for a little while longer. We have to go through the burdens to grow and get stronger. And at certain suitable times, God intervenes. Sounds like a good parent to me. If we can learn to be childlike and learn to allow God to be God. Now, just to maybe bring all this to a conclusion, we're dealing today with a teaching of the Lord that says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. There is still a yoke and there is still a burden. We talked a little bit about the nature of suffering and why, why it's here we've, and why it exists in the first place. We were offered paradise. We wanted a better deal. Here we are, paradise lost. So the Lord trying to explain some of our sufferings, see, and assisting us to know that, they, that, that is, it, irksome though they are, they have a purpose in our life. And he says, stay close to me. Stay humble about this. Be like a little child who's trusting their parent, trusting their father, trusting their mother. Be like that. Trust me. Know that I've got this, says the Lord. So you let go. And even if it puzzles you at times, still know I've got this. And be like a little child. If you try to analyze everything and figure everything out, you're, you're, you're not going to get anywhere. You're going to be angry. You're going to be frustrated. Just say, God knows what he's doing. Live simply. Live humbly. I am meek, says the Lord, and humble of heart. That's how he was with his father. He encourages us to do the same. There's one final thing I want to add. Jesus says, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. See, what happens to a lot of us is that we throw extra wood up on our shoulders that God never put there. And then we do feel overly burdened. We do feel weighed down. We feel angry. We feel frustrated. Now, certainly there is a weight that our sins contribute. But even some of the good things that we do how discerning were we when we chose to join the committee or join this thing or do that? Or is, it, is that something God is asking of me or is it just something I want to do? Or is it just, you know? So the question is, is all that wood up on your shoulder, is it, is it his yoke or have you added to it? Added the weight, weight of sin? Or have you added the weight of just lots of saying yes too often? <laughs> By the way, I, I, I feel dangerous saying this, but even if the pastor comes and said, would you do this? Go ask God first. Because <laughs> the pastor might just be desperate, you know. <laughs> All right. But again, are you living a discerning life? Are there things in your life that may be good, they're not terrible or sinful, 
They are, get rid of them right away. But are there even maybe too much of a good thing? Did God really tell you you have to have a 5,000 square foot home and pay that huge mortgage? Why are you worried about finances? Did God tell you to go buy that? You know, I mean, did God tell you you have to get a new car every two years? Did God tell you you have to join this committee or get the kid to five different soccer matches? And you know, I mean, we're all running. We're all in a big hurry. We have no idea most of the time where we're going, but we're sure in a big hurry to get there. I mean, what did God tell you? Is there something in your life that you need to simplify? How about me? Are there some things that I need to stop doing now that I'm getting older? Are there some things I need to start doing now that I'm getting older? Do you live a reflective life? Do you say, God, I'm walking, but am I walking with you? Is this something you want me to do? It's amazing how we run off and do things, even really big things, and sometimes never even ask God. Take a new job in a new city, or go over here and do this, or get the, get the graduate degree, whatever. We just run and we just do it because the world expects it, and um, we never say, well, God, what do you, what do you think? I know he won't answer out of the plaster ceiling, do it or not. You know, it's not like, remember the eight ball? Remember that little thing? You would, that, anyway, crazy. But um, it doesn't, we don't get simple answers, but live a reflective life. And sometimes you do have to do this in the rearview mirror. Okay, I agreed to do this and this and this and this. I think I need to let go of that and that and maybe that thing too and just do these. Pray, ask God. See? Come to me. My yoke for you is easy, is well-fitted, is suitable for you. The burden I have for you is light. You can manage it. But then you go pile all that other stuff. And you say, and then you blame me, says the Lord. Hmm. Better look at the man or the woman in the mirror. I didn't ask you to do a lot of this stuff. So, enough said. Jesus is inviting us today to stay close to his father like little children, to be meek and humble of heart, like little children, accepting his leadership in our life and his love, and sometimes, yes, the sufferings that come because they're part of his plan for us, humble, meek, and also very careful to know to carry only the yoke he has for us and the burden he has for us, and that's where we need to do some yard sales. <laughs> we need to do some simplifying, I would imagine, for most of us. Maybe there's something you need to start doing, though. Let the Lord into your heart with these decisions. So, my yoke, my yoke, my yoke, says the Lord, is suitable for you. My burden is light so that you can carry it. My yoke, my burden says the Lord.